Hello, and welcome to Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman, and you are listening to me on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. This is Boston's community radio station. What we're going to do now is we're going to play a quick disclaimer, and then when we come back, we're going to jump right into today's show. So again, welcome to Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman, and we will talk about a number of current events in and around Boston in just a bit. The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241, or you can email radio at bnntv.org. Hello, and welcome back to Bostonian Rap. So thank you so much for joining me, Rachel Meiselman, and we're just going to jump right on in as we normally do. I I just have to say that every week, I think I'm generally a positive person. I'm generally an upbeat person, but what I see going on in Boston really, it alarms me, it disturbs me. More than a few years ago, it became a city where it's not what you know, it's who you know. Not even who you know, it's who knows you. And I actually got that expression from somebody with whom I had been friendly. I remember years ago talking to her. Her name is Laverne. I haven't seen Laverne in so long now. But... At the time, I was, uh, you know, more friendly with Laverne. I, I talked to her on a, on a I, don't, I can't even say somewhat regular basis, but uh, definitely more than I do now. So I was speaking with her, and I said, you know, Boston's, it's a place where it's all about not what you know, it's who, it's who you know. She's like, no, it's who knows you. And that's one of those instances where you kind of say to yourself, huh, you know, it gives you food for thought. And I thought about it, and she's right, because it's it's a game. It's a game that people play, uh, particularly in politics. You know, who are you? Do I know you? And I just, I find that at the base— it's people who are not secure do things like that. And I think at an even more, on a more fundamental level, people who do things like that, who behave like that, these are people who are just really poorly bred. They just didn't have any homeschooling. But unfortunately, a lot of those people... Uh, very much define Boston politics now. And not just in Boston, but I find it's prevalent 
in Boston, and that and that's a shame. And people also don't see the merit in just listening. And it's so important to listen. The public servants that I'm thinking of that people still defend, even after these people, you know, their tenure in office has long since ended, even after some of these people have passed away, um, I think the reason why they still... I don't want to say following, that might not be uh, the most appropriate term, especially if, if, if we're talking about someone who's passed, uh, a public servant who's passed. Um, but I would say maybe the reason why these particular public servants have people that remember them fondly and still speak of them well is because they listened. That's so important, listening. Not to attack, of course, which is the only time so many people listen now, but to listen to learn. I think that listening is such an important, critical thing. I think it's an art form, actually. I... Every so often, I or I, I can even say maybe even often, I recommend listening to the TED Talk that was given by Celeste Headley because it's just wonderful. She talks about how to have a good conversation. And a lot of what she says revolves around, you guessed it, <laughs> listening. Because when you're listening... You're learning. And when you're through listening, you walk away and you have a different perspective. You have more knowledge. And if a person happens to be talking to you about something about which you're particularly impassioned, I think that it almost gives you a renewed vigor or it gives or it adds to your your energy. It adds it, you know, it, it really makes you say, I can do this. Okay, so I might not be able to solve this problem all on my own, but you know, I just I just sat there listening to John and I never thought of that before, and I think I could really, I think I could really this time put a strategy together. If I go to the right people, if I maybe do an op-ed, if I, you know, knock on the right doors and just be persistent, I can, I mean, this time I could really go a considerable ways in addressing this problem. I mean, it's this is an example of what you can feel after walking away having listened. And of course, that's not the only reaction. But I give that reaction as an example because I want to point to 
the sense of uh, it's I don't want to say necessarily fulfillment, but it's rewarding in an interesting kind of way to take the time to understand somebody, to listen, right? Because that's what listening is, trying to understand somebody, trying to entertain a different perspective. It's an achievement. It's, it's you stepping outside of the confines of what you find is comfortable. And that's how you grow and that's how you be become, be productive. That's how you become creative or that at least inspires you to be creative. But we don't have a lot of people who are doing that today because unfortunately too many people, especially in Boston, find it more rewarding to talk. That's what fills them up. That's what gets them jazzed, excited. But then that's why nothing gets done. Or if it does get done, it gets poorly. It gets poorly done. It's it's hard to overstate the difficulties that Boston is currently facing. And I admittedly do get upset because I think that the vote, the vote that we possess, each one of us, or each registered voter, that's, that's a lot of power. You know, for a society speaking more broadly that is so focused on power and how to get it, on wanting to give the appearance of having it, that's a society where people just don't vote. Americans don't vote. What's going on? It's incredible. I sometimes think that Americans are more likely to vote air quotes, well, I guess it is voting, for their favorite performance on a reality show than to vote for a representative in government. And that's problematic. That's disturbing. That's alarming. But to get back to my point, that one vote It is exercising it. It's powerful. It's so powerful. It's not just making your voice heard. That's normally what what is said, right? You go vote, you make your voice heard. No, it's, it's more than that. You vote and it's the equivalent of someone roaring. It's... It means so much. And and trust me, I, I you know, or should I say, but trust me, maybe I should say but instead of and, but trust me, I understand that it can be sometimes frustrating, even 
in exercising that power. I mean, think about it. I'm I'm a Republican, and when I vote, I often don't see what I want to see. You know, what I would like to see my vote yield because of the sheer numbers, um, and also because most people just don't get out and vote, the vote, my vote, it rarely contributes to yielding what I want to see. Yet I still feel powerful when I go to the polls. On my July 21st show, I spoke about Boston politics what I normally talk about, right? Not exclusively. I mean, I broach other topics, but it it is admittedly a big part of what I discuss on Bostonian rap. On this episode, I was talking about, it was upstairs in the television studio. So I was before the camera there on, on your all's telly. <laughs> uh, and I spoke about the District 6 race. Not from this year, though, uh, from 2021. And I I think I was visibly and audibly upset because I was talking about Mary Tamer. Now, I understand that a lot of people... Well, there are a number of people right now who are not happy with Kendra Lara. They would like to see someone else representing that district. Now, for the people who aren't in her district, well, they maybe should have paid more attention to the District 6 race. But the people within her district, my goodness gracious, they should have gotten out and voted. To be fair, West Roxbury voted heavily, um... West Roxby is a good neighborhood for voting, I think. Um, I, I I do think that probably people, more people could have voted for sure. Um, but I think there was a decent, decent-ish turnout in West Roxbury. But then there was also a very good turnout or a strong turnout in Jamaica Plain. And, and just bear in mind, people, that, of course, when I'm talking about, you know, a decent turnout, a good turnout, a strong turnout, it's it's really, it's very much uh, contextually speaking because, you know, overall, and even in particular, systematically, the votes, the voting for these races, for the Boston City Council, it's anemic. And it's it's embarrassing. It really, it truly is embarrassing when you think that Boston is the cradle of American history and so much of what has become the bedrock, the pillars upon which this, this country is based, it, you know, it, it came to light. It was an idea that came to fruition here in Boston are people from Boston, and then you see modern-day Boston, you consider modern-day Boston, and, and people are 
either apathetic or they vote, but they're what you'd call low information voters. Now, to be, again, fair, or maybe to play devil's advocate, I guess I guess that's the same thing, right? Same thing-ish. Um, this isn't just particular of Boston, but some of the other things that I've been talking about on other shows for the last several months, and when I have already broached on tonight's show and that I'm going to talk about a little bit more, I do think is particular to Boston. I don't think that people who are in positions to make a difference or people who have a following, however big or small, I don't think they're listening enough. That's so important. They're more interested, as I've increasingly said, they're more interested in hearing their own voices. And then we wonder why there's all kinds of talk, but there are no solutions, why nothing's getting done. But what I want to do is I want to jump back. I want to pull on the thread, the, the idea of civic engagement. I really do want to delve into that because... There really is no excuse. And I was very open, you know, whether it was offline or on, about my support for Mary Tamer. I thought that Mary Tamer was a great candidate. You know, you had people like John Tobin, followed up by Matt, Matt O'Malley. And these were people who, they're great. These gentlemen are great, and they're very, they're very personable. They're smart, they're knowledgeable, and there's no disconnect at all between them and the communities that they represented. And I thought that Mary Tamer would be a very nice contu- uh, continuation uh, of what we had seen from District 6 representatives, members of the Boston City Council, uh, those who have held the seat for the District 6, uh, for District 6 on the Boston City Council. I thought that Mary had some good ideas. I respected the fact that Mary had ideas, that she had plans, that she tried to actually talk to people. She, I think... I really feel like she tried to reach people. It wasn't a matter of getting endorsements. A lot of times you find these politicians and they're very much into in in getting, rather, endorsements. And I found, and Mary certainly got her share of endorsements, but I think that with Mary, it was important for her to reach as many people as possible. So my anger stems from people not stepping up to help Mary. 
I mean, there's really no excuse. I feel like some people are putting a greater effort into the, uh, the uh, trying to get Kendra Lara to resign. The uh, the the Kendra resign now, Lara campaign. It's Kendra is not going to resign. So please stop. And I don't always agree with Michelle Wu. In fact, I often haven't over the years. But what she said about, you know, this this has to be up to the voters, she's right. Now, do I think that Lara should be publicly reprimanded? I do. Because I think she's engaged in behavior that really, quite frankly, questions her her suitability. But having said that, you know, she's done a number of things. You know, people are focusing on the crash, and, you know, there are all kinds of aspects about that. There, there's a lot to unpack. I mean, driving around without a license, uh, uninsured vehicle, driving into a building uh, with her son in the car, not in a secure seat, you know, not secured. I mean, obviously that's all disturbing and troubling, but then, you know, there also, of course, there were her anti-Semitic remarks. So I think, like, the amalgam of all this, it's, it's like, okay, is this person, it's not just a question of, is Kendra Lauer suited for di- the district seat, district six seat on the Boston City Council? Is she is she suitable for public office at all? And I think those are fair questions to ask because there's been a string of incidents, right? But I think at this point. Or I just, maybe I'll just say I think. Very simply, I'll just say I think. It it does come down to the voters. I often get really upset because, you know, people talk, oh, I want term limits, term limits now. And I feel like, well, if people just got out and voted and they did so in a manner that was informed, we wouldn't even be having a discussion about term limits. We wouldn't need to have one. Just for the record, I'm not for term limits at all uh, because I think that that would be lessening the responsibility that the American voter has. We are supposed to be the safeguard against someone becoming a career politician. People can't vote, and then they get upset because of the people that win the elections. People can't vote, and then they get upset because this person's been in office for, uh, been in office for 30 years. This person's been in for 20 years. This one's been in for 50 years or 40 years. If you don't vote, what do you expect? Or if you vote 
and you don't take the time to educate yourself and really kind of think about what are the issues that are the most pressing or even just having a list of the issues that are the most pressing to you. I mean, people just, they take for granted what a number of Americans fought and died for. And I don't think that's okay. So we come back to Mary Tamer. I, you know, it's <laughs> these people who are putting all this energy online, on Twitter, maybe on Facebook. You know, maybe there are other activities that different people are engaged in to get rid of Kendallara. You want to get rid of Kendallara, you're just going to have to make sure that either Benjamin Weber or uh, William King get more votes than she does. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. It would have been easier to fight to keep Kendra Lara out of office than the current situation, which involves getting Kendra Lara out of office. The power of incumbency is an absolute But again, because a lot of people don't vote, or if they do, a number of people vote, they're uninformed or they don't take the time to uh, learn the different issues. They don't take the time to follow what their representatives, their elected voices do. It's, you know, it's name recognition. It's knowing that face. It's having that contact, however peripheral. It's... That, that's just what it is. So the power of incumbency, when people, a lot of people don't vote, again, I'll say it again, um, it's, it's, it's strong. Not absolute, but very, very strong. There was a challenge, and I spoke about this on the July 21st episode of Bostonian Rap in the television studio. I talked about that I I wasn't sure. I mean, I, the gist of what I was saying is I wasn't sure that it was the best idea. It was the best um, usage of time. And, you know, we saw that yesterday. Those who opposed her residency, they, they failed. They failed to meet the burden. You know, that's another thing that I have a problem with. And let me just say this before I go on. I actually know three of the four people uh, who challenged Kendra Lara's residency. Uh, There was a fifth person, but he didn't make his challenge known in, in, you know, in, in, in the time that is allotted to do so. Um, so there were four people, and I personally know three of the four. So th- there was, well, I'm not even going to, I'll say one of the names. <laughs> I'll say one of the names. One one individual, I have not met him yet, and I, I don't know, I might Never meet him. I don't know. I'll, I'll, you know, not even I'll see. It's not a question of I'll see. I mean, I, 
you know, I'll either meet them or I won't. Um, then there were two others, and I like both of these individuals a lot. I do. Um, but I'll say that I don't know if this was the best usage of their time. And again, I like both of these people very much, and I have a lot of respect for them, and I know that they love their community, and I, I hold them in high regard. But I think at this point, it's focus on getting Benjamin Weber or uh, William King elected. If, 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 if they really want to, you know, oust Kendra Lara, that, that's the way to do it. But forcing her to resign or challenging her, her, her residency, I, that's not an easy thing to do. And, you know, as I said, they, you know, they failed in their efforts, um, this this group before, because it was a matter of they didn't, you know, meet the burden of proof. And, and so that that's the thing. I think that, I think that sometimes, and and certainly it's the case for the, the two people, two, two of the four people, um, that I have in mind who were part of this quartet, I think that when you really want to do something, you'll just try different avenues. And the full implications or, or, or everything that needs to be done to arrive at the end of this pursuit um, or to arrive at the end of this path of this pursuit, I don't know if it's always fully considered or it's fully taken on board. It's, again, it's not a necessarily an easy thing to do. And all Lara had to do was come in with the lease utility bills, I mean, you know, something <laughs> like this. And, 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 you know, then what, what, what are these four people going to say? It's, she has a lease. She has utility bills. I, it's, <sighs> and so that was, that was something where, there should have been some discussion. Well, if she produces that, how are we going to counter that? I don't know if those talks, I'm not privy to what was discussed among these four people. Um, I'm assuming that they did it together. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe it was just four people uh, who spontaneously objected or who, uh, who spontaneously uh, put up a challenge uh, to Lara in regard to her residency, although I don't necessarily think it was completely spontaneous. It's, it's something that if you're going to raise this challenge, you have to be able to prove what you're saying. You can't go on rumor. 
you can't, you know, posting a tweet, uh, referencing a Facebook post. I, I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just, but I'm just, I'm, I'm saying that just speaking broadly, people often try to prove their point, bolster their arguments by doing such things. And it's like, that's not how you make an argument. That's not how you prove a point. So I'm not saying any of this to be condescending. I'm just saying the reality is what these four people try to do was difficult. And I don't know how much thought was put into countering what Kendra Lara was going to say. I I don't know if any or how much thought was put into that. I don't know. I just, I don't know. So I don't want to speculate too much. You know, it's, you know, was there someone who thought, well, gee, if we have four people, that's going to intimidate Lara, that's going to... I mean, you know, all she has to do is walk in with the lease and a game over, you know, game, uh, you know, lease utilities, which, yeah, I believe she did, right? That's what she did. Game over. The best way to get rid of Kendra Lara is to beat her at the ballot box. That's really what it comes down to. I do have to say this, though, before I move on to another point that I really would like to make. I have to wonder, I am going to say this name, Rashid Walters. So Rashid is in a lot of different places, and he there, there might be some people who, who know his name because he uh, has written for the Boston Herald. And this is someone who really, quite frankly, was not too engaged. And like a lot of people he's uh, of, of this time, he's very, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, what's the word? Um, let me just, <laughs> I have the perfect word. Let me just, I want to pull it up here. It's a word I don't use much. You just can I use this word? Yeah, it's very um, his behavior. How is this? His behavior, Rashid Walters' behavior, which I'm going to describe in just a bit, uh, captures for me perfectly the zeitgeist. <laughs> there we go. That's the word. Uh, of the moment. It's very much here and now. I have not done anything of any note. I don't know the issues. I've never done anything to address the issues. But I want people to know who I am. I want people to know who I am. 
and I want to go right in at the top. So none of this pussyfooting around, none of this doing the grunt work. I don't want to be a follower. I want to be a leader because that's what I am. And I deserve to be front and center. And so I want to go right in at the top. And that for me, that's Rashid Walters. It's not just Rashid. It's also uh, Catherine Vitale, who's running for an at-large seat on the Boston City Council. These are two people that have not been engaged. They do not show up. Some people might use the term boots on the ground. I think that it's played out. <laughs> I don't, I'm not into that. I don't like using that term. I don't know. I just don't like it. Uh, I like, I just like, I like talking about people showing up, showing up. And Rashid Walters hasn't showed up. He's he's never showed up. And it's, it's he's gone from there to he's going to be involved with the lawsuit, be one of the faces of the lawsuit, against the city for the redistricting chaos uh, that marked <laughs> that marked uh, the Boston City Council. Uh, he was one of the four people who challenged as, as I you know said, he's one of the four people who challenged uh, Kendra Lara's residency. Uh, he shows up in East Boston. Uh, it's, you know, it's, you know, um, for this event or that event. And it's it's all... I'm tired of these people who don't want to do what they consider the unglamorous work because it's the unglamorous work that makes the difference. Right? So he wants to be known he wants to be a celebrity he wants to be a star just like Catherine Vitale but they don't want to put in the work but when you put in the work that's how, you know you learn the issues you can articulate the issues and when you can articulate the issues you have a chance at coming up with a solution i mean for what you know, Rashid involved himself, got involved with the lawsuit against the city for redistricting. For what? I mean, this is someone who, not until 15 minutes ago, did he show his face around the city. West Roxbury, what, what business does he have in West Roxbury? In fact... Unless Rashid has moved, and maybe he has, and if he has, you know, my mistake, but he doesn't live in Kendra Lara's district. So, I mean, you know, he's, so it's it's kind of, why are you involved with challenging Kendra Lara, her residency? I mean, what, what, what? Why? Why would you do that? You're not one of her constituents. Again, unless he's moved. Uh, you know, showing up in East Boston, it's, you know, he looks around to see what certain other people have done and what they do, and then he follows suit, minus the hard work 
that those people did. Because again, he wants to go where he can get attention. He wants to go where he'll be close to the hot topics of the day. It's go away. Just go away. It's, you know, sit down somewhere, learn, roll up your sleeves, help people, show up and, you know, listen, not talk, just listen so that you can learn, so that you can grow, so that you actually have a shot at solving the issues or being part of a solution to an issue or issues that you babble about. I, I, you know, it's, but again, it's, it's this, it's all, as I said, his, his conduct very much, it's, it encapsulates the, the zeitgeist of, of, of Boston here and now. And, and I don't like it. It's, it's too many cooks, uh, and not enough, you know, waiters and waitresses or, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, too many, too many managers barking orders and, and not enough, I wouldn't use the word underlings or subordinates, I would never use those words, but, you know, not enough people ready to take the orders. And the people who are barking the loudest or who are getting the most spotlight are the people who are seeking that spotlight and that's all they're seeking. Again, they're not seeking any kind of knowledge. They're not seeking any kind of real solutions. They just want attention for talking about the problems or being in the right places or whatever like hot thing is going on or whatever thing that you know is preoccupying people they want to be attached to it in some way and then of course we wonder why boston's in the state it is right we're actually going to take a quick break we have another 13 minutes or so left in tonight's show we still have some ground to cover, but let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll just pick right up where we left off. It's time for today's STEM tip. Okay, you know recycling is important. No one wants plastic in the ocean. Here's a cool way to repurpose a plastic bottle. Build an awesome terrarium. Cut a large plastic bottle in half and fill the base with sand, pebbles, potting soil, and your favorite plant. I chose an African violet. Put the top of the bottle over your base and place it in the sun. Your plant will grow sealed in its own ecosystem. Fun, right? Learn more at She Can STEM. A message from the Ad Council. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good, because every year dozens of children are forgotten in the back seat. Cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hello, and welcome back to Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman. You have been listening to me on WBCA LP 102.9 FM Boston. This is Boston's community radio station. So, you know, I, I spent, for those of you who are just tuning in, I, I've spent a lot of this show lamenting the people who want to 
try to do something after the fact. And they have so many options before something happens. And then they don't exercise all those options. And then the undesired thing transpires. And then they engage in a flurry of activity to try to reverse what happened. It's... People have to start taking civic engagement just seriously. They really do. They have to start asking questions. They have to start demanding accountability and at the same time holding themselves accountable. It's so funny because because I don't choose to be part of the echo tunnel uh, chamber, excuse me, on, on the political right. You know, I have all these people, you know, the trolls, the Twitter trolls who, who throw stones, right? So, you know, my thing is, it's like, well, okay, because I don't want to be part of the herd, I think a lot of myself. I'm high on myself. I think I know everything. And it's all coming from people who think a lot of themselves and who think they know everything. It's the idea that I would agree with someone categorically, unequivocally, without asking any questions, just because a person is adopting what is supposed to be a right-wing position. You don't know me very well. Yes, I'm very conservative. Yes, I'm a proud, staunch Republican. But I'm not going to blindly embrace a position. That's, in fact, why I am so confident in being a conservative and a Republican, because I ask questions and I put myself in different environments where, quite honestly, I'm often the only person who thinks the way I do, or I'm one of the few people. And when you do that regularly, let me tell you something, it does a whole lot to, I don't want to say make you question, but it does a lot in the way of creating a space, if you will, I had to find the right word, uh, creating a space where, or creating moments yeah, because creating space, that, that sounds too, uh, at this point, cliche, right? Um, creating moments in which you say, okay, well, why do I think that? Or maybe I think that, but maybe it could be my stance could be maybe a little bit nuanced, more nuanced. You know, that this is what happens when you expose yourself to other perspectives, And I think we all should do this. Blame it on my education, Boston Latin School. (laughs) I I think I'm very much a product of Boston Latin School. It's, 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 uh, It's about thinking for yourself and having the courage to do that and asking questions of others and yourself. And 
thinking about the kind of community that you want to have and what you would like to see happen and how you're going to go about making that happen. I think that all comes from having gone to Boston Latin School. Probably the most important aspect of my education is my attendance at Boston. My attendance, uh, yes, my attendance at Boston Latin School. And so I juxtapose what I believe to be right based on my education. And I just, I look around and I'm just like, I'm, I'm not impressed. And let me also uh, throw out a qualifier. When I talk about, you know, right wing, I mean, a lot of these people, they're not necessarily right wing um, that are making the most noise in, in Boston politics at the moment. In fact, a lot of them, I wouldn't call them right wing at all. I'd call them maybe center left, right? And they're certainly not Republican. Um, but they're styling themselves the way they sound, the way they, they're giving off those vibes. And I'm like, well, hmm. It's certainly nothing that I myself would adopt. And again, I'm the one who at the end of the day is actually conservative and a Republican. But I, I want to see people be proactive. I want to see people hold others and themselves accountable. I want people, as I said, to be civically engaged. It's important. It's important. How can you just go from work, home, work, home, work, home, and then not, not do anything else beside that? Not just take a look around what's happening on your street even. I Boston's in tough shape right now. I'm not going to say it's all because of woo, because it's not. You know, a lot of these problems that we have, they, they long predate Michelle. Look, I'm not shy about criticizing Mayor Wu. Not at all shy about criticizing Michelle, but I'm not. In my criticism, I'm not going to be gratuitous, okay? I'm not going to be gratuitous. You know, the school system, it's long been in trouble. That predates Michelle. Uh, Methadone Mile is nothing new. It's just gotten worse. What I can fault Michelle for is taking steps that either maintain the status quo or actually exacerbate the situation. That's what I can criticize her for. But I'm not going to criticize her for problems that have long existed or that have existed for a while. You know, Boston's in really bad shape, and it just it didn't get here overnight. And people just have to wake up, and they have to mobilize, and they have to be alert. And they have to be smart. And above all, they have to care. And I want to spend my last four odd minutes or so talking about my party. Because, you know, there are some Republicans, uh, activists, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and they want to comment about the happenings in Boston and sit down. 
I mean, that's that's my response to them. Sit down. I have begged my party to come into Boston for years. And if you hear anger in my voice, rather, it's because I am angry. (laughs) I'm hopeful. (laughs) Uh, Like I said, I I, I like to think of myself as an optimistic, hopeful person. Um, I'm hopeful that Chairman Carnivale will come into Boston. I am very hopeful that that's what she'll do. I think at the least Chairman Carnivale understands that parts of the state cannot simply be ignored. That is, if we want to be a party that can be a viable alternative to the Democratic Party. I believe Chairman Carnivale understands that. So she understands that you have to come into the city of Boston, you have to know what's going on, and the next step is to recruit, and run candidates. We have to. We absolutely have to. Uh, I've been talking about all these different ideas, yet they're all tied together. This, This civic engagement, voting, being informed, not being apathetic, being smart, asking yourself questions, asking other people questions. I think having more of a choice I think having a two-party system in every corner of the state, I think that would help give rise to those to those, you know, things that I just enumerated that are so critical for a healthy and thriving democracy, community, neighborhood, municipality region. But yeah, my party has to get involved. And and the people who just want to complain or who want to see a tweet go viral, you know, so they criticize Michelle Wu, I just, just go away and just sit down, sit down, have a seat, be quiet. (laughs) I don't want to hear it. Because those are the same people who will only be compelled to move and react and want to recruit somebody, air quotes, uh, when someone like myself stands up to run. And then they want to find someone else to run. <laughs> you know, so it's, 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 it's reactionary. You know, I don't want to do anything, but if you're going to do something, I don't want to see you do it. I don't want to see you succeed. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just, no, we, we need a two-party system. And we need Republicans that are ready to work to bring that about. All right, that's all I got. I think that's plenty, but that's all I got for tonight's show. As always, thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to hanging out with you next week. The preceding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass. 02119, attention WBCALP 102.9 FM. 
If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org.